Welcome to Dietitian Boss. My name is Libby Rothschild. I'm the CEO and founder of the Dietitian Boss Method. Our company is here to help you get started in private practice even before you think you're ready. I've created a proprietary process to help you increase visibility, create organic content, enroll clients into an offer, and learn sales skills that don't even feel salesy. Listen every week to your colleagues as they're being interviewed and we chat about their progress and success from when they got it started from zero to all the way to creating million-dollar businesses and beyond. Hello and welcome. I'm here today with Annalicia Powell, and I'm so excited to have her as a dietitian boss share her story, her journey, and some inspiring tips for you, the listeners, as you're starting and growing your private practice. Welcome to today's episode. Hi, thank you for having me, Libby. Oh, super excited. Thrilled to have you here. And if you could just introduce your handle on social and then just briefly share a little bit about you know who you help. Hi, I'm Annalicia Powell. My handle currently on Instagram is the weight loss nutritionist. My niche is helping women lose weight and learning more about how they can use a plating method long-term to achieve their weight loss goals. That's what I'm currently working on. That sounds super clear. So thank you for sharing that. And what what a great intro for you to have such confidence about saying who you are and what you do. We'll get to that shortly. Will you share a little bit about your journey as to are you new in practice? I mean, I know these questions, but if you could share with the listeners about your business, how did it start? What motivated you? Just a little background about you so people can get a sense of who you are. Yes. So my private practice is very new. I started in the Dietitian Boss program in October of 2021 and for three months worked through the modules. And then in January, really started taking clients after I left my full-time job. In my full-time job, I was working at a bariatric clinic and helping a lot of people work through their weight loss journeys in that way. And I decided I wanted to do private practice to increase the flexibility in my schedule. So that was one of the main motivators and also it's just, you know, looking for growth in my professional career. Yeah. So as far as flexibility, what was your initial intention? Were you thinking you didn't want to clock in, clock out? You wanted to like, was it specifically decreasing hours or just being able to take a lunch break or time with the fam whenever you want? It was really being able to spend more time with the family and having the flexibility to travel with my husband. That's something we're both really interested in. And I actually just came back from a trip with him this past couple of days, but I loved the fact that I could still work and run my business and travel and enjoy that with my husband. Absolutely. Without a doubt, I can relate. And where did you go? I went to Paris, France for my birthday. That is so beautiful. Oh my goodness. What a great life, right? So was that magical? It was magical. It was beautiful. It was my first trip to Europe. I really enjoyed it. Oh, that's so cool. What a, like, I didn't know that. I don't know if you shared that or not, or if I, I had learned about that sounds really great. So being able to, I mean, I'm guessing that's a sort of, of motivation is I want to travel with my partner and I have the freedom to do so if I have a practice that doesn't require punching in and punching out, right? Because you can structure your business around your travels and your personal life, right? So that's really, is that what I'm hearing is the motivation? Yes. And to have a family and to be there for them 24-7. Yep. Absolutely. Those are really clear, what I call drivers, kind of like motivations, what's causing you to want to put the effort and energy forth. Because you are you know, rock star client. You've made amazing progress. And what I notice with people who are able to 
make progress, show up consistently, do the work, see results. Those are clients who have clear, they can clearly define why they're doing what they're doing and what their end goal is. So for you to say, I want that flexibility with my husband. I want to have that flexibility with family and be there for them. And then you want to feel aligned. I heard you say that too. You're super articulate about where you want to go. So I know on a hard day, you remember that and it motivates you to move forward because we all have hard days, right? It's like part of business. You might get discouraged if someone doesn't show up on a sales call. You thought you made a sale, you didn't. You're wondering why something didn't go as planned. I mean, you just have to remember why you're doing this, right? So I think that's great that you have such clarity. It's going to be super inspiring for the listeners who might not yet have that clarity to say, hmm, let me go back to the drawing board and write it down and post it on my wall. Or if they do have it, they just maybe need a reminder as to why they're doing this. So... As far as your private practice, you had mentioned, you know, the first three months you had done, you know, the modules and then you had started seeing clients. I do want to hear about your journey with niching down and your business and starting it. But before that, would you be able to share a little bit about just your journey as a dietitian and what motivated you to become a dietitian? And did you want to work in bariatrics or was it just kind of random? It's always interesting to hear how we fall into these clinical kind of niches, right? Bariatric, if that's... I was in peds for four years. So it's interesting to hear how you fall into those positions. Yes, definitely. I always, I wanted to be a dietitian. I decided that when I was 18 and I loved food. I still love food. And I wanted to talk to people about it and help people. Initially, I thought I would do working with those who have the diagnosis of diabetes. But when I was in internship, I found that I had a really good knack for, for talking to people about weight loss. And I think it's because I myself, I live in weight loss maintenance. I do follow my own practices. I have struggled with weight throughout my life. And I feel comfortable talking to others about it because, you know, I've gone through the steps. I've worked with a lot of clients on it in bariatrics and, you know, an internship, I felt comfortable. And then when I was applying for a job, I applied for a bariatric position and, you know, went from part-time to full-time in about nine months and I fell in love with it. And it was uh, helping people and, you know, watching that journey and it's helping them achieve their dreams. It was really wonderful. Yeah. So it sounds like, and thank you for sharing that as far as your personal struggles, which is super relatable. Is that something you share on social? Do you talk about your personal struggles? I don't. And I have been thinking that it, it's probably something I need to to make us the next step. So that, you know, a potential client would know, you know, she does get it because she herself does do it. So, yep. How many, yeah. I mean, how many times have you seen that picture of me in my clinical office? I mean, I post that all the time <laughs> and that's my story is that I was a you know, broke, a very broke clinical dietitian. So yeah, sharing your story will support you with that. And you've done the great work of laying down that foundation and showing your face. So yes, next step, sharing what you just shared with me and being able to point that out to your audience would be really impactful. And you said it so confidently here, as far as, you know, you feel you have a knack for it. It was something you enjoyed earlier on in your dietetics career. And then you decided to kind of target when you were looking for jobs for something that felt more natural to you. So it sounds like you've had this vision in mind for a while because of your personal experience and your talents. And then it sounds like we'll get to here in a minute, but did you know that you wanted to start a practice and specialize in weight loss particularly, or how did you come to making what you knew in the hospital worked your private practice specialization? Like, How did that come to reality? I think for me, I knew I wanted to stay in weight loss. And I felt like in bariatrics, I was I was only able to help those who wanted to have the surgery. Yep. But I always 
came across others who really, they wanted a non-surgical path. Yep. And I felt like that would be something I could do in private practice. I would be able to offer that support to others. And I worked predominantly with women at the clinic. And so I felt like I could really you know, use the skills I had learned in my practice over there for the past two years to transfer it to private practice. Yeah, absolutely. So thank you for sharing your story and your background. And you know, it's not as easy for some of your peers. I know you've seen that they're not easy. They don't as easily translate what their passions and skills are into their specialty, right? Niching down can be tricky for some of your colleagues mm-hmm. and your peers in the program. So it's nice to hear your story and how it came naturally to you. So if you could share a little bit about your progress with starting your business, what do you offer? Like, how do you, yeah, just share a little bit about your program and how how you've packaged it and what you've learned and what's been helpful. Yeah. So I started kind of like ground zero. I didn't know what to do. So I, you know, in the program, I've been working with a client. I have a new client starting this week. And I just started to think like, what would a client need in weight loss? And so it was, you know, I made a calculator for them to calculate their caloric deficit and then they can keep using it so they can use it for maintenance. I talked about the plate method. I've been making worksheets with them. I decided to give recipes because that's something I do for fun. I just make up recipes and write them out for clients. And so I, you know, those are kind of the three offerings I'm doing right now, but I do love the group component in the program because it allows me to have the time with the clients and also you know, they can learn from each other because that's what I feel like I've been doing in Dietitian Boss. I do learn from my peers on those calls and they ask questions sometimes they wouldn't think to ask. So I do love the group component. I think it really, it helps me myself, but it also, I think will help clients too. Absolutely. And then also it's great for loneliness because on this track in private practice, you know, only 8% of dietitians own their own business, right? So finding those who do and who are actively growing it isn't easy especially those who are leveraging social, right? Because people might be trying other modalities that might be taking insurance primarily. So to learn from peers on the same path is really powerful. So I appreciate you sharing that you've enjoyed that. And it's, it's actually good for your interpersonal skills. Because when we work alongside our peers and help one another, we're actually growing our skills and our ability to connect and contribute and improve our business skills as well. So this is definitely great all the way around. I'm in groups. I lead groups. I'm a big fan. So I'm happy that you've enjoyed that. I know that you said you started from ground zero and you're mentioning how you work with clients, but let's talk about the sales and marketing piece. For example, you knew you want to do weight loss, but even when you mentioned how you help people through the plate method, right? What helped you get clear? What specifically helped you narrow down how you serve clients? And then we'll talk about how that's translated into your content strategy. So I narrowed down to the plate method when I started thinking, what could you use long-term? I put myself in my client's shoes and I thought, what could they use if they were traveling or if they're at a family event and it came to me plate method? I would have to say, I'm not sure if it's the exact wording my ideal client's going to use, but you know, I do notice that I taught that wording to my client. She does use it. She'll ask me questions using plate methods. I feel like it's kind of an easy way to think about it, just thinking the plate and going from there. Yeah. So let's back it up a step then. So I understand you're still working on a language to figure out what exactly did they resonate with, but we know the idea is half your plate, non-starchy vegetables. This is the premise of what you're figuring out exactly how do they call it. And that's how you're helping them right through their non-surgical weight loss journey. Right. So with that, 
how has the approach of using market research helped you to know that the plate method and to know that creating a solution and identifying your problem, the solution, and then the outcome you serve, how has that journey looked like for you? Did it come naturally or what part was difficult in your creating and defining your business? Because a lot of people don't realize that it takes a little bit of strategy to be able to come up and say it as smoothly as you do. Some people without help can take years to come up with defining their business and you've been really, really fluid with it. Thank you. I would say the market research, that's been something I'm still working on. I joined Facebook groups and I kind of was trying to see what they were talking about on their weight loss journeys. And I felt like a lot of the times it was, well, you don't know what to eat. Or I've been told I can't eat this to lose weight. And um, I'd see that a lot in my practice too. I have a client come in, sit down and they'd say, I completely given up bread. And I thought, what if there was a way I could just help spread out the word and the message like you can still eat all your foods and lose weight. You just need to learn how to portion size management. And I think that's really where I was thinking plate method. It was help kind of, you know, break the culture of you can't have to, you can have, but you have to learn how to portion. Absolutely. What I've been doing. So what I'm hearing is that your ability to listen to what they want and need and what they're saying around weight loss helps you package it in a way that they understand to then attract more clients. Is that kind of what I'm hearing? Yes. That's what I've been trying to do in my messaging and my content. Yep. So we'll, we'll segue into that in a moment. And I think it's important that we just pause there for a second because a lot of dietitians, you know, we're not taught this in school. Right. We don't understand. We don't even know what market research is. So I want to make sure I define that. But a lot of dietitians don't understand that defining your business is important. And then differentiating your business is even more important because if people don't see how you're unique from somebody else, there's no real motivation for them to hire you. And so what I outline in the dietitian boss method is to clearly look up what your ideal clients are saying, be engaged with conversations and kind of curate through, through simple spreadsheet process what you're hearing them say in, in terms of themes and then what you can do to solve their problem. So I'm, I'm trying to break it down for the listeners so they understand, like you didn't just wake up and say, I've been doing weight loss. Mm-hmm. I'm good at this. I feel comfortable. I have a relationship with this, you know, as someone who's personally struggled with it, you're saying, I've learned and listened to you. This is what you've said. I validated that through some research and then I'm using it. We'll get to the content in a minute. You're using it then in the content to be able to attract them. Is that something that came natural to you or did you resist that process? Tell me a little bit more if we were to kind of backtrack a few months ago. What did that feel like? Completely foreign to me. <laughs> I, you know, I would be telling my friends, like, they'd be like, what are you doing? I was like, I'm trying to learn market research right now. I still don't know what that exactly means, but I just, you know, I'd tell them I was trying. And I think it was just listening and realizing that when you do listen to clients, you are doing a form of market research and not even knowing it. It's, you know, it's something we're trained to do as dietitians to, to listen and you know, respond back and do that in our interviewing, but you never think about it. Like you could start to see like common things and that is market research. And I say that was completely foreign to me in the beginning. I never thought I'd be able to do it. And I'm still working on it. Definitely want to say I've mastered it. Still working, (laughs) but I feel better about it. Well, a master is a relative term because you've gotten clients. So it's worked. Okay. It's worked because you're (laughs) not only attracting them, but you're also enrolling them. And we'll get to that in a minute. It's always a work in progress and market research, meaning identifying who is your target, your target market, in your case, non-surgical weight loss, right? What is it that their Mm -hmm. struggles are? 
you know, they want to lose weight. And like you said, they don't know what to eat. They're restricting food, they're limiting foods and they're feeling confused, it sounds. And then how do you help give them a solution that would help them serve the goal that they see as their biggest problem? And so a lot of that is we don't want to guess and create a business that we assume, but we really want to define our business based on what we hear people in that demographic struggle with. And that's the framework I teach and you've responded really well with it. And I appreciate your honesty, like, hey, it felt a little foreign. And then with implementing it, you saw the results and you're so humble to say you haven't mastered it. I mean, mastering it is an iterative process, right? So you're going to have the 1.0 version, you're going to have the 2.0, you're going to have the 3.0, meaning with time, you will have more of a refined version. But what we're looking for is a baseline to be able to attract clients and really get that infrastructure for our business so that we're different than the next nutritionist or dietitian who's also trying to help with weight loss. And you've differentiated yourself by marketing the plate method, right? And then further showing and sharing your story and showing your face is how you're able to stand apart from the next person. When it comes to content, thank you for sharing that. I think that might still be foreign for some listeners. So the more we talk about it, the more that it can set in. When we talk about content creation, can you talk a little bit about, I know you started from zero. What's your approach been like to creating content and what came easier and what came harder than you thought? So my approach to content, when I started, I wasn't sure what to talk about. You know, I was like, I posted a recipe or I food saver food for my husband. He travels a lot for his work. So, you know, I was posting things like that. And so over time, as I continued to learn more, I learned that I needed to market my message and it needed to be clear to an ideal client so they could understand like, this is what she offers. This is how she can help me. And once I understood that, it became easier to create content and I felt better about it. And having the checklist and, you know, having the captions and learning about hashtag research, because I really, I didn't know either how those work. It was a learning curve for me. But once I learned it and I understood like, okay, this is how you market yourself and what you can offer, then it felt like it was more clear me too, like what my palette is and what I was going to do for clients. Awesome. So it's sounding like what was challenging was just kind of getting started because it was a foreign concept. But what was easier is that once you, you know, follow the checklist, got the baseline of your message clear, it became more seamless to create content. Is that what I'm hearing? Yes. And how's the content? How's it working for you? Like what results are you getting from creating content based on your messaging as a you know new practitioner, meaning you're new at promoting yourself? I think I'm getting better results. I am getting followers of people I don't know. And I always get really excited whenever I see a new follower. I would say that happened for my first reel. That was, you know, reels were really intimidating to me at first. And once I figured out how to do them, I it kind of became really fun, actually. You know, you're like, okay, but what's clear? What can you, you know, make exciting and captivating to an ideal client? And so that's why I like the reels, actually. Now I'm trying to make it a goal to do more reels versus, you know, posts of just pictures. So that's what I'm currently working on and goal, but yeah. So, and how does it feel to show your face? How is that as far as vulnerability? That I think at first I resisted a little bit just because I was like, well, I don't, I don't know what to show my face doing, you know? And then once I figured out, you know, showing yourself so they could know, like, and trust you, even if it was just random, I felt like that, you know, made sense to me. Like they want to know who you are as a person. And then I also, you know, I do follow my plate myself. So I started taking pictures of that and showing my face on there. And it became more natural and 
yeah, I felt like it, you have to kind of keep doing it. Consistency, like you can't let up or, yeah. And what helped you kind of finally say, despite it feeling awkward, what helped you push through and show your face consistently? Was it the accountability of the group or was it something else that kind of just said, all right, I'm doing this? I think for me, it was just like me holding myself accountable and knowing that I needed to do it for the group too, because we have these, you know, goals that we're supposed to hit. And I was like, no, I have to do it. And, you know, it's uncomfortable now. It'll it'll get better later. And I want to be successful in this. Yeah, I just told myself, just jump over the hurdle. It'll be fine. And it is. I get really good feedback from friends and family. And I think that's huge for me too. It is huge. Any feedback is good feedback. And you're only a few months in. This is amazing progress for you to have the infrastructure of your messaging content that feels seamless in sales. And you're just getting started, right? This is only going to go up from here. So it's super exciting to see that and to share that story, right? It's for dietitians who are feeling nervous or anxious, like they're going to listen to this episode and feel inspired. And so that's really nice that you're sharing this story with them. When it comes to content, you mentioned followers, but let's talk about what content is really there for driving you know, sales, right? So how mm-hmm. has your content impacted your ability to sell? We can talk about sales calls in a moment, but what would you say about that? So like content and ability to sell like, well, I guess because it's showing what I'm offering. It's showing how a dietitian can help someone lose weight. And, and so that helps me do a sale because potential client knows like, okay, this is, this is what she's offering to teach me. I resonate with that, I'd like to know more about it. And yep. then they come call. So basically your content gets people to book a call. And when they book a call, you enroll them into your program. So your content, even if you, you know, have low followers, they're engaged followers. So more so than getting followers, although that's definitely nice and that can help with you increasing people who are interested, your content is getting driving people to book a call with you. And that call is getting them to pay you so that you can transform them and help them with their goals through your clear method. Yes. So that's what we want the content to work for. We want the content mm-hmm. to drive people to a call. Uh, whether you're mm-hmm. selling a product or a service, you're selling a service. They would either you know, buy the product or in your case, they're applying to a service. And then you're able to have a conversation with them about if they're a good fit or not. So I want to move progress to that because we've worked a lot my sales call framework and you've done a fantastic job of really you know showing up and doing the work and preparing when it comes to enrollment so enrollment calls sales calls are basically for the listeners who don't know because it's not something we're taught in school the way that my methodology is created I have our clients dietitians have their prospective clients their future clients apply for a sales conversation to see if they're a fit for the program so knowing that that means you have to book a discovery call or a sales call to talk Talk to Annalisa to then learn about the program, to then see if they're a fit and be offered a slot in the program. There's a lot of benefits to that, including learning about your market, right? More of that social, like that listening, that market research. Also great for your interpersonal skills to connect with people. And then it can lead to sales, which is great. There's a lot of benefits of doing sales calls, especially as your price point increases. Even though the way my method is, I don't suggest you start out with a high price point. I suggest you increase it as you get more enrollees. But the more enrollees you get, you climb up to a $1,000 price point, you definitely get that sales call, right? <laughs> so yeah. let's talk a little bit about how did you first approach sales calls? What have you noticed you've progressed? And if you could just share a little bit about a lot of people are terrified of sales and I've seen you approach it head on. So let's talk a little bit about how you perceive and what your thoughts are with sales. I was really intimidated at first 
I even remember my first mock sales call was, oh, that was bad. (laughs) And once I understood the process, like following the process and understanding that you are just there to learn more about that client and see what they're really looking for to make sure you can help them, it became easier. And it did take like a lot of practice and a lot of self-evaluation. And I would write out these affirmations, like I'm doing sales calls so I can reach my ideal client. And, you know, and my message out there is going to be so I can help more people. And so I just really, I felt like I told myself, you have to learn how to do the sales call so you can smoothly guide someone to what you're offering them and be clear about it. So that way they would understand to be able to say yes. And how has that, with the sales call processes you've been able to follow, and you mentioned the mocks. So in my program, I offer an opportunity for you to do mock sales calls. How has that helped you feel confident or even enrolled clients? So it's obviously worked. So before we go to the end result, like, did it make you feel more confident on the actual call? Was there something that came more naturally than you thought or something that really you know tripped you up? For example, a lot of people get tripped up with the objections piece. Yes. It helped me feel more confident because I knew okay, I need to do this first step so they understand what we're going to talk about and make them comfortable too. It's really just kind of setting the stage so they know what to expect because I wouldn't know what the word discovery call meant either if I was not you know, signing up with someone. So I think it also helps the client really understand what you're doing on the call. And it feels more smooth and helps me be more clear on what I'm offering to them. And so I'm feeling more confident. I agree. So working on blocking objections, that is a hard one. And sometimes even remembering to search for them because someone could be like, you know, full on yes on a sales call. And you're like, you get excited too as a dietitian. You're like, yes, let's work together. So I think it helps me guide the client. And that's what I really like about the sales component on the calls is being able to guide them so they understand what you're offering them because that's really what they want. And it helps me make that clear. I love that. And I love that you use the word guide. I use the word lead. When you lead or guide you know, a potential prospective client on the sales call, you're setting a precedent for the relationship and you're letting them know that you will lead them to the transformation. You're also interviewing them as much as they're interviewing you. Are they a good fit? And when your marketing is good and dialed in like yours, you naturally get great fits to show up on those calls. So that's why it helps that your content is clear and your message is defined. It's really for sales and visibility visibility so you can help people. Not everyone's going to buy in sales so that you can ultimately... I mean, you're in business, so you got to make money. So there's a lot of benefits of doing those sales calls and conversations. And I think a lot of dietitians don't realize that you need to lead them on the call, right? That's why the first part of my framework is setting the agenda, making sure you're really clear. In all of our calls, I've seen you with confident. I've seen you push yourself. I've really seen you make a lot of great progress. And I think you're leading and role modeling for your peers as to how to grow your business skills. So it's really nice nice to see that. How do you feel knowing that as your price point progresses, you'll be doing you know $1,000 for your program? How do you feel knowing that that's next? That's really exciting. It's very exciting. And I just want to keep working at it and, and keep working on my skills on the call. And yeah, that would be really wonderful. Do you feel scale of one out of five, five being the highest? How confident do you feel in letting somebody know, you know my grade is $1,000 as you increase your price point? I would guess a four. I would say a four because I feel like I never say five. I always say four. And <laughs> that's just because I'm like, there's always room to keep growing and, you know, keep growing my program and yep. see what my clients need. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I was going to say, what do you need to do to move up to a five? Would it be 
what do you think would help you, or at least a four plus, if you're not a five kind of gal, what do you think would move you up a little, a couple notches on that Likert scale? I think finishing my first group right now, we're still in the middle of, you know, the, my first round of six week program. So I yeah. think once I finish it and kind of map out the exact topics that we need to cover, which I've been doing, I have like a working document going. Um, yeah. I think then I would feel confident saying, okay, that's my price point. Okay. Wonderful. So basically continuing to offer service to your clients and progress as a, as a business, as in your business will help you get confident. And the way I structure it, I don't have practitioners charging $1,000 off the bat. I have you progress as you enroll more people with this basically supply and demand. So the more people you get, the more you can increase your price point. So you're not just you know starting your first sales call at $1,000, you're, you're building up to it because it can feel scary, right? And there's a lot of skills building. As I mentioned before, the sales calls are as much of market research is anything, you're learning and listening. What do they want? What are they saying? How can I give them what they need? If not a sale, how can I put that into my content? Right. So a lot of our clients have talked on this podcast about how they use sales calls for market research. And even if the person buys or not, they're listening to them and the scenarios they say and turning that into an opportunity to share with their audience. So again, it's all about that mindset. Whether the person buys or not, you're learning about your market. And the more you know about your market, the more you can grow your business and really connect with them in your marketing message. And that's really what helps drive more traffic and helps more people. So, all right. Anything else we've talked about your niche? We've talked about sales and content. Anything else that you want to share? We've also talked about showing your face, talked about your motivations. Is there any other kind of final thoughts or advice you want to share with somebody who is scared to take action and start their practice, which is most of the listeners, or they're scared to be consistent, which is the second most common part about the listeners. They might've started, but they're not really consistent for various reasons. My biggest advice would be that you you do have to believe in yourself and remind yourself. I think my first month, once a week, I'd be like, oh, really scared, really scared. Yeah. I think I just kept telling myself, I was like, no, you're on the right path. You have to remember, you know, being a dietitian, you go through intense training. And the reason for that is what we do is so special and personal. And so you have to remember you are an expert and you can do this. You just have to learn the tools, just like you do in dietetics. You just need the tools. And once you can do that, you can, you know, really help your client. So love it. The tools help you believe in yourself so that you can move further. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, that's great. Yeah. I think that's super helpful. So we need to sharpen our toolbox in business the way we have in clinical, right? So school and the master's degree is now required in the internship. We have a, you know, an arsenal, the big toolbox of clinical and things for the competencies to be a practitioner, but our toolbox for business is more common than not empty. I mean, it's empty. (laughs) So I've seen you fill it up. And I've seen it's really beautiful to see. And I have no doubt that you're going to continue on that journey. And I'm really excited to support you and, and watch you grow on Alicia. So thanks for sharing your story today. One last question I want to ask, because I did ask it at the beginning. As an introvert, what has helped you see social media as something that's a tool, right? Mm-hmm. And it's something you can use despite your fears. Like what's your version mm-hmm. of how you've leveraged your personality as a strength when some people would say, I just can't do it. It's overwhelming. How have you been able to make it work? I think about the client and I know I have knowledge to share. And so I told myself, you you have to show your face and you have to put content out there so you can help people and they're looking for advice and you want to make sure that you're going to put yourself out there so they can get correct advice about weight loss because there is so much information out there, but not all of it's evidence-based. So that's my motivation is to just you know, set the evidence-based nutrition advice for weight loss. So that's what motivated me. 
That's beautiful. So really it comes back to showcasing dietitians as experts, right? And you're motivated. Do you have anything tactical from that that you, for example, did you take a slower approach? I mean, I wouldn't say slow because you've definitely <laughs> accelerated, but what has tactically helped you take that idea and kind of put it to practice? Is it just kind of maybe more affirmations or what's okay? Affirmations. Yes. That was a new concept to me. And I learned about that and that I helped you to to write it out. And I feel like I want to work more on it and, you know, just continue with that journey too. But that does help kind of writing out like, this is why I want to do something. This is how I'm going to do it and go from Beautiful. There's power. I'm actually writing an article right now about affirmations. There's so much power in research and doing it. So thank you for sharing. You didn't know what that was and how it's helped you. It's a work in progress. So, you know, writing affirmations in the morning or whatever your practice is. So it is very beneficial. So thanks for sharing that. I always love to get personality tips because here at Dietitian Boss, we help dietitians become private practice operators. Our mission is to create more private practice operators and not every dietitian has the same personality. So I always like to ask, you know, personality types, what worked for them. So that the listeners feel like it's an inclusive space where they can relate to people in some capacity. So I really appreciate you sharing your story and representing the field so that we can position ourselves as experts the way that you have. On that note, can you remind everybody where to follow you on Instagram? Just remind them of your handle one more time and then we'll wrap up. Uh, Yes. My handle is the.weightloss.nutritionist. Awesome. Thank you so much, Alice. It's been an absolute pleasure. We are so excited to offer you support in our various programs. If you identify as a beginner and you're looking to lay down the foundations, our society program might be a great fit for you. I encourage you to go to dietitianboss.com under group coaching and apply for our experience, our transformative experience based off of my proprietary system called the Dietitian Boss Method. Additionally, we offer a higher level program called Executive to help you hire and manage a staff as you expand and scale your program, whether you're offering a membership, course, group programming, private coaching, or a combination of various different offerings. We're here to help you on your journey with developing processes and implementing the operational foundation that you need to reach your goals. A lot of our clients want to work 20 hours or less a week. And we're so proud to say that we've helped them achieve that goal. And you'll hear their stories on this podcast. Make sure to stay tuned and apply if you're looking for support to get there faster and meet some colleagues along the way who share your same growth mindset.